Smash. Smash. Hey gang. Hey gang, welcome. Hey gang, welcome back to another episode of the We Speak English Gift Podcast. Today's guest is Jeff Stewart, and I sound like a douchebag. How y'all doing? Welcome back to the show. Today's guest is Jeff Stewart. He is a singer-songwriter, he's an artist, a sculptor, painter. He is a composer for movies and TV shows, notably one of my favorite TV shows, even though I've never finished the last season because I just fell off. I don't know what happened. Uh, Sons of Anarchy, which is interesting that there's going to be a a prequel Sons of Anarchy show and I guess a postquel. I don't know. I don't know what you call. Oh no, a sequel. God. <laughs> a prequel and a sequel show to uh The Sons of Anarchy. And I thought that they were gonna make a show about the Mexican bike gang. Uh, the Mongols, is that what they're called? Anyways, Jeff invited me up to his artist loft, which I just like saying artist loft, uh, in downtown Toledo here in Toledo. And he showed me around his place. He was very hospitable. He offered me coffee and that's very generous. Uh, he was also generous with his thoughts, his ideas, his, uh, you know, uh, his emotions and, what you're going to find in this is just an honest portrait of a guy who's been grinding his ass off for a long ass time and he, he's making a living out of it. So I just want to give you guys a heads up about a the part where I usually cut to a song. We kind of, Jeff didn't really feel that and I respect that. He wasn't feeling the whole like, you know, throw to a song and then come back and be like, hey, that was great. Uh, even though I had listened to the song that we, I was trying to set up, um, and I do I did enjoy that, it just wasn't real for him. And so we kind of, for a first time, he didn't want to do it like that. And we actually moved locations to the other side of his loft and listened to the CD as we chatted. So if you listen real close, you can hear the music in the background. But don't worry. We are going to play some of his songs at the end of the conversation. So stay with us till the end here because uh, we got some songs that are coming. uh, I'll be playing some songs coming off of uh, his new album, The Cold and the Beautiful. Jeff Stewart, he released this in October of last year, 2017. And... um, it's a great album. It's it's well crafted. I, I I like what Jeff does, and I think you should go to the link in my in the show notes, and you should be able to click on that Bandcamp and go and buy it. Or you could probably buy it from him in person. It looks like he has a show coming up in at Ottawa Tavern here in Toledo on March fourth. So plan for that. Toledo folks. Um, I just want to read this because I always love reading the bios of artists and singers. So this is what it says on his band camp. 
Um, Jeff Stewart's approach is straightforward. A man, his guitar, and a wide-eyed look at the crazy thing called love. His tightly crafted original songs paint the picture of a heart once broken, suddenly surprised by the good fortune of discovering love anew. It's music for anyone that has ever walked into the sunshine of a new future, however uncertain. That's poetry, baby. That's poetry. Um, so, yeah. So, Jeff Stewart is coming up in just a moment. I just wanted to give an update on the South by Southwest show that the Skanks Roots Project will be playing, and I'll be joining them. Um, that is at the Flamingo Cantina on March 13th in Austin, Texas for the South by Southwest show. So, you can go to uh, Skanks Roots Project, and you can just google skanks roots project it should come up our website i don't even think we have a website still so whatever um also i won't be on this show but i wish i could be on this show um it's i don't know if it's a festival i don't know what no it, it seems like it's just like a i don't know anyways it's called the equinox roots revival um i don't know if that's like if that's like the headlining band, Equinox Roots Revival or not, I don't know. But in any case, Skanks Roots Project will be playing at Planet Gemini uh, at 2110 Fremont Street in Monterey, California. It's a. Uh, it, it looks like it's. Uh, it starts at 8 p.m., but there's a pre-party at 1 to 5:30, and then at 8 to 1:30 a.m. There's live music with special guest Johnny Love. Prime Livity and Rise Up, and I'm still not sure if Equinox Roots Revival is a band or not, but I guess we could um, just Google it here. Uh, Equinox Roots Revival. Let's see what comes up. And enter. And nothing. So I guess that's the name of the, the show, Equinox Roots Revival. It's the name of the event. So check that out. That's March 24th at, again at the Planet Gemini. So go out and support my boys. I won't be out on that one. I can't make it to the Cali shows because, well, California is way farther away than Texas. So whatevs. Um, I think that's it. You can write the show at we speak English good at gmail.com. You can um, you can you can check out the barren wasteland that is the we speak English good.net. Uh, leave a review on Stitcher, iTunes, anywhere you get your podcast. It helps, please. So um, I think that's it. I think that's everything. Oh yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed our last uh, podcast. The, it was a little late. But it was the Synthwave, Just Music 2 Synthwave. I hope you guys enjoyed that. That was uh, fun to put together for me, only because I really like making that kind of music. If you couldn't tell by our theme song here and like the little interlude songs, I like making, you know, crappy old Synthwave, Giorgio Marauder type music. It's just fun. It's like a fun hobby, you know? It's like a side hustle. It's not even a hustle. It's just like a side thing I like to do. It's fun and easy, and I can just shit it out for whatever reason. 
<laughs> Anyways, I hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, I'm sorry it was a day late. I have been busy, which is good to say. I've been busy here in Ohio doing music and um, doing the podcast and everything else. So, okay, enough of me. Let's get to Jeff here and have in, in this awesome conversation that we had um, up at his artist loft at the da- in the Davis building in downtown Toledo. Comfortable on your Dude, love seat. Do you uh do you uh have uh, do you meet like uh, potential clients up here? Mm. I have people come up here if I'm gonna sell a painting mm-hmm. or if we're designing a project. Um, sit around and figures things out. Yeah. yeah. What what do people hire you mostly to do? Well, I'm a primarily a um, musician, so I earn oh, okay. my keep by singing. Um, as many nights as a week as I have to out in the any gig I pick up. Yeah. Um, and people hire me to do interesting little things. I just got hired to make a batch of like a dozen little skulls for this some guy who's a filmmaker and he uses them as stop motion things. Oh, sweet. So anything like that to, um, uh, I don't know. It's always, I'm always hustling something. Yeah, it's different. Yeah, yeah it's not just like, um, I mean, some people do like portraits and shit, but like, yeah. I mean, you don't seem to do portraits at all. Dude, are you more of like, is most of your art like a surreal type um, thing? I mean, I don't want to call you a surrealist because I don't. I, don't I mean, know I think there's elements of art. surrealism. Right. I, you just got introduced to my art, so you don't know what it's about yet. <laughs> I don't know. But there are some elements of people, there's some morphing things, and um, I don't know, colorful, fun. Uh, I like to bring things to life. I do portraiture, but it's not necessarily. I mean, nobody does what's realism anyway. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. I don't know. I'm not sure what they even meant. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, it's all real to whatever we're doing. You know, yeah. it's my style of portraits, I suppose. Um, I have a friend who does um, real realism. Real por- real portraits of your dogs. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. And she does really well. I actually hired her to do. A, it was like the greatest gift I've ever given my wife, and she still is just like it's like coveted like as the best gift. And she's a very poor gift giver. Uh huh. I love her to death, but the girl doesn't know what I want. It's mostly electronics. It's right. Silly, but um, uh, yeah, I got her dog a portrait of her dog painted, and she she just absolutely loves it. It's, it's always gonna be there now. It'll always. <laughs> it will be. Yeah, I love it. Long beyond the yes. life of the dog. She, I've seen. My favorite one is she did someone's pet squid. It it was it was awesome. Somebody had a pet squid. Yeah, like I, it's just like I don't. It wasn't very big, but it was just like a little thing, and she did a thing. You can also, I saw somebody that does um, stuffed animals. Like you can draw, if you take a drawing, like the kids drawing it at Monster, whatever in that one painting you were talking about. Yeah. You could take it to these folks and they'll take that very basic and kid-like drawing and make it into a stuffed animal. Oh. Like to the exact, it'll look exactly like that. Is that something online? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because <laughs> I know you can like, I know that you can send, because my initial, my initial idea was to get a painting <clears throat> done of the stupid dog. But it's not stupid dog. Actually, the dog is amazing. But uh, there's this website where you can send in a picture and they'll just like make a portrait of it. They'll just like they probably just have some kind of computer printer thing just 
spray something yeah. generic on there. And then I thought my friend Kelly and I started talking to her. She's like, yeah. And and actually, my dog was like the first painting that started her doing pet. <clears throat> so she, that was like like they that was like kind of what like made it click for her. Turned, like, yeah. oh, maybe I should do pets. And, yeah. Because she was doing portraits of like real life people, like babies and stuff like that. But I think she really shines with the pets. I, mean, I, don't, I don't know. I like it. I like it. Yeah. I'm going to look into it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start doing portraits of pets. Yeah. It's big money in the pet portraits. Something new tonight, honey. <laughs> but. So, so uh, do you have a lineage of music or art in your family? Do you come from a musical um, artsy family? Art, yeah. Um, my grandparents and my, and my dad's side were both artists. Oh, cool. Um, what was their medium? Um watercolor washy stuff like my grandpa did to um detailed oil stuff that my grandma did oh, and sweet. they studied all kinds of art throughout the years and i think that was encouraged upon us and probably passed on a little bit we had quirky uncles and stuff that yeah. you know pick up little things here and there from your family um were they were they doing it professionally or just no hobby? not no yeah mostly hobby and cool. to study and yeah. take up their you know time wisely yeah, between going to the factory and coming home, all that stuff, yeah. you know, and, and uh, more so actually when they were in the retirement years. Oh, okay. I think my grand. I don't think I know my grandpa used to be um, used to hide whiskey in the in the toilets <laughs> in the, at the house. My dad told me, so I knew that, and he had been really high up, like in AA. He was very into it. He was in the Navy and stuff. But oh. through the years, I think that he took to art as a way to get away from that. And I ah. think, I mean, that's probably that's probably in the lineage as well. No, no <laughs> doubt about it. Musically, I have um, there's four of us boys, and we're no doubt first generation musicians. Oh, okay. Um, I have two bass players as brothers that play professionally, and another brother, Steve, that plays. Um, Steve just Stewart. Steve Stewart okay. plays at home. Um, with just you know, family man with with his uh, keyboard and guitar at home and whatnot. Yeah. So player. I suppose we're the first generation, and now we, uh, the new nephews and nieces of our the next generation, they're you know, singing and playing guitar and loving, checking out um, possibilities with music. Oh man, I love that! I love the because I have a niece. She's she's thirteen, and she just started playing percussion in the band, but she's like started to obsess, and she actually draws a lot too. She's actually starting to. Um, She's at the age where obsession is kind of taking hold, you know, where you just are sitting there and like, oh, shit, I need to be doing this. And she'll just be at a, a party function, a family function. She'll just be like, just mm -hmm. like intensely like drawing away over and over yep. and over and over. Draw in the same thing, too. She'll just sit there and draw a wolf over and over and over again. And I, my sister encourages it. And I'm just like, yeah, just let that <laughs> let that crazy grow because that crazy will will, will go into something that will help yeah. maintain the other crazy <laughs> i agree with that i definitely agree with that do you have a do you have like an obsessive uh, compulsion towards art and music or is it just sort of like you could take it or leave it like how do you no if i'm not doing something i'm probably compulsively bored or <laughs> compulsively out of my mind with anxiety because i'm not doing something yeah so i get a lot of wiggle room at home because my Kendra is an artist, so she gets it, and she likes to do things her her way too, and do things. So I have a partner that's into, you know, takes care of that mm -hmm. that need. I think in terms of um, compulsion, though, I mean, yeah, I'm always 
like right now I'm in these paintings 24 seven before yeah. you got here, I'm cleaning it up a little bit, yeah. but trying to get it done, trying to get off my plate so I can work on something else. Yeah. Is, is that how you, do you feel like you got finished something before you move on? No, I try to finish something. I'm trying to work a little differently and a little more streamlined and not be so unfocused. I don't want to say unfocused, but having a million focuses yeah. trying to, you know, zero in on one thing, get it done and figure out what needs to be done with that. But, um, I get stretched thin, quite honestly. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's met, if I had one thing that I focused on, um, my buddies that try to manage me in terms of music and stuff would probably tell me that, yeah, I probably could zero in on things a little more. Because I'm always doing something, and if I, like with music especially, you know, there's a lot of work to be done. I just finished my record. It came out in October, mm -hmm. so it's a toddler right now still. And yeah, it's getting, we're starting to get it on the, <clears throat> streamlining situations it's out, it's out there right it's on the youtube but you know what other other things i need to maybe make and what's I, the name of the album Just it's like, called the cold and the beautiful the cold and the beautiful yeah very close to the bold and the beautiful a little take off of that my mom watched that when i was a kid and so and then it so i had that in my mind i always thought that was an interesting saying and yeah. then just was kind of like life you know around here yeah and it's metaphorically speaking and from the heart and everything you know Yes, definitely. I mean, it's definitely been a cold, beautiful winter here. <laughs> it, that, indeed, it has. Really, bone cold, man. You got bone cold. Yeah. Like my bones hurt. <clears throat> um, I got the flu over Christmas. I did too. And I'm still like, I'm still a little clumped here. You, you, yeah, we're, <laughs> we're both choking <laughs> you, up right yeah, now. Yeah, it's just, it's just, it got me, dude. I, it, I had um, a show on um, the night before New Year's Eve. It was like like a. Friday or Saturday night mm -hmm. a month ago and that was the night that I started getting it the night <sighs> before that so I would slept all day and I, I was playing at this place called the Civic Center which is a nice new concert venue that you'll have to fig find out about since it? you're back not not the Seagate Center no 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 this is down it used to be called um, it's on Burn Road out in oh, it used to be called Rock Sands or the Field House different names it's been a bunch of different places okay. but these guys just took it over and they've been doing a really great job and they're taking it the bar and stuff out of the venue not bar meaning it's not just a nightclub anymore now yeah. it's, it's a specific venue they open it for concerts and it's a well run room and um uh, anyway, long boring story short, I started getting sick. I was playing with this band called Red Wanting Blue, okay. um, and another band, and I was the opener, and I had to get myself together to, to yeah. do the Fever show. You're but doing, like you drinking tons of throat coke. Yeah, you know, like, no. I don't know, man. I, <laughs> just trying to you know yeah, not yeah. Uh, destroy everything, but it it went fine, you know. Then. We, we took off and rested off the flu in the Smoky Mountains. We oh, drove wow. down the next morning and and uh, had a cabin down there. And oh, that's cool. Recovered in the mountains, I suppose. <laughs> recovered in the yeah, mountains? Yeah. That's awesome. Well, what state? Tennessee side. We Tennessee. went in through like, um, uh, we stayed right at the base of the mountain in this little cool uh, site um, through Gatlinburg. Cool. So that side. Nice, man. I, I, I want to get down there and actually go hiking because I love hiking. We did a lot of hiking down there. That, really cool. Really great. Um, big, uh, just put up some pretty steep hills, pretty yeah. steep grades, and yeah. got into the mountain, I would say, for sure. Yeah. Lots of scenery around the corners. I love that. Yeah. It's really hard for me to be um, so far away from anything like that, you know, because <clears throat> it's like, um i mean we we van lifed over summer so we um we started in san diego and just went up the coast and so we went to the redwoods and then the oregon and then we were in washington and then we went through montana and all and then all the way across and then we went 
up through the upper peninsula and down beautiful yeah so like i just feel like i got my nuts cut off <laughs> and it's not like you can't go for cool little walks here there's definitely nature here but it's not like fucking going to the smokies and seeing mountains and like rivers and shit you know <laughs> it's not as big as the mountains or the ocean for sure right um so that being known like i said about the living sheep here yeah. and traveling well we just got a van too that i Oh, tore up and uh, we refabricated some different things and oh, now we got okay. the van life going on too oh hey what's up right so cool. uh, uh well tell I, me about the van like well what, what have you done i'll to tell it? you about this van sure. it was uh, um it's a 1989 dodge ram 1500 camper van and my second cousin i go to see my dad in florida every year he lives a half year up here half a year down there smart so <laughs> i go visit him every year yeah and every year i'm down there my cousin charlie down there he's had this van for like 20 30 years mm. always f wanted it since i was a kid yeah. and last year i just sent my dad a note down when he went hey man give hey dad give this to <laughs> hey man hey bro hey, hey bro <laughs> hey. so cousin charlie if you ever feel like getting rid of that van i would love first crack at it yeah I get a call the next day charlie says that like, the van is mine so like he gave it to you, you bought it like that's still unclear it's like handshaky <laughs> uh, not, you know it was just an interesting exchange yeah, yeah. uh anyway we had this van yeah. and so me and um kendra and kendra's daughter jazz three of us flew down last spring break and we um spent a couple of days with my dad in florida and then drove up the coast i had a couple of my brothers had um a vacation spot in alabama with their families okay. so we drove around the coast took with the van and then stayed with them a couple of days and then we drove up th back to get home here yeah. through state parks and we parked the van in state parks and Beautiful. stuff and rode it here and um since have it had a it's like an extended camper van uh -huh. and it had um a toilet and shower but it and it's just it was bulky it took up about three quarters almost of the, or almost half of the mm -hmm. room back there so my buddy and i demoed it out we tore it out and tore some um cabinetry out and then fabricated a wall so it's now nice and open and spacious uh -huh. you know yeah so now it's a, so there's no bath and no shower but now you, you know, got more of a space to kind of put a bed and some the bed's storage. all permanent in the back now and it just is big and opened up and it's not tight and mm -hmm. it's not creepy like not that it was creepy or anything but it <laughs> yeah. did it was so much wasted space yeah and it, didn't, no, it was unnecessary right because that was because we were gonna do well because we just got a big cargo van and we just took all the seats out of it and we were going to put in like the bed and put in like, you know, storage cabinets. And by the time we were coming to it, because we were coming to um, the end of our lease and it was like, do we renew our lease or do we just say fuck it and just go on van lifing and just see what happens in the world and the stars and the moon align or whatever. Yeah. So by the time we came to like leases up, we we're just like, fuck it, take out all the seats left them with my old roommate and just threw like we had um, a fold-up mattress that sort of folds up on itself into like a day couch yep and then there was one bench because we had to buckle in the boy and uh the my son uh and we had our dog with us and we just bounced and we just had like a tupperware with our clothes and shit in it and some drawers that we kind of installed and that was it and we just lived in that for the summer it's incredible how you stream how you tighten up everything that you need. You find out what you need when you're living in those kind of quarters. Absolutely, everything becomes 
it's like in here you have to have efficiency and uh, of of room there's yeah. you can't build out so you see had to build within and right. find your little quirky corners right, that are that, usable that was a desk that he had a desk and then now it was a now it's a cabinet it's a cabinet now and it folds down and it's an easel and now i have this desk here that we're working out of right so yeah and in like when I because you know ten years eleven years of accumulating shit in San Diego, I had a garage just full. Of, like I built my garage into a studio, and but I still had like a storage area. And it was just like full to the top of shit. And my wife was like, "We just gotta like get rid of all this shit." And so we were just like selling it. I was throwing my shit away. <laughs> I condensed it to a few boxes of like <clears throat> my vinyl, and like I have like this yep. electric piano and some of my gear. And that's in the storage in fucking San Diego, which I still don't know how I'm going to get back, <laughs> get that back here. But yeah. but yeah, you're absolutely right. You kind of figure out that you don't need like barely anything. It becomes you, clutter. It is. It gets in your mind, you know, and it's not always perfectly clean or straightened up, but at right. least, you know, when it gets out of control. Right. There's a you, place. Then you get a little, then you just, it becomes lazy almost after that. And then <laughs> you have to get get your mind free, and it's, it always starts like something fresh. It always is a good thing. Never, there's never been a time where you clean your shit up. You go, like, oh man, I'm bummed out that that's cleaned up now. It's always <laughs> man, like, I why did I do this? Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, each time. Stupid room. Right. It's never out. your problem. It's the room's problem, man. And, you know, and it's funny. I've come to like really like cleaning up. There's something like zen about it where you're just like, even if it's just doing the dishes, I'm like, oh, I really like this. Whereas like when I was a kid, I was like, that was like kryptonite. It was the worst thing you could ever think of doing. You have to look at it as it's almost creative. you know. <laughs> <laughs> but you are when you're organizing your feng shui, your space and making it more efficient for right. you, making it more usable. Yeah. And because but, it actually does do something for your brain where you're just like, oh, I, I can <clears> actually function. It's like it gets to the point where, like, when it is cluttered, you feel like you're cluttered in your brain and you exactly. can't do shit because it's like everything is just piling on top of you and the walls are closing in. That is just the that is just how it it is, and that's the metaphor for it. You know, you clean your shit up, get your mind clean, get stuff off your plate. Yeah. You know, because you're always going to have more thoughts coming in. You can't possibly yeah. get to everything. For sure, man. So, so are you going to be go like? Do you guys have more plans for the van and van life? Yeah, um, definitely. And I want to do some for sure regional touring in it. Mm. Um, with the music, that's what I'm trying to figure out some things with that right now. And okay. um, but um definitely trips yeah we love to just take it like one of the things about living here you know you have to get used to you said you cut your balls got your balls cut off with that <sighs> but you have to look at another angle of it now you're here the places are there yeah so around here what is cool around here um you know ohio has many cool things to discover michigan is like the moon up in upper michigan oh, yeah. and all UP that stuff and, yeah, traverse just, city and all this yeah the, man it's otherworldly europeanly and you know you can get out of here oh yeah four walls easy around and that's here the thing that, and that was the whole thing too like being here is so central to like even if you want to go to a city like chicago is like four hours four away. hours new york's close i just went to new york for a wedding yeah. you know like fucking a day's drive east and like all of the east coast is like a day's drive it's, and the it's south very very close so, like in San Diego, like you got Vegas and Lost, blah blah blah, mm -hmm. and then fucking and you know maybe Phoenix, but ugh. 
Um, but a lot of state parks to go to. Out but there. yeah, there's a lot of state parks. But it's like San Diego is like almost of an island of its own, where you're no matter what direction you're coming in, you're stuck in traffic. Because if you're going to 15 to the to Vegas, it's like you got all these wineries going and Vegas traffic. L.A. Fuck the five north. East, you're going into the desert. Who wants to go in the desert? It's fucking awful there. Um, I've been to all those. I've been um, on the five stuck, and I've been to the desert out there. Interesting yeah. times. <laughs> yeah, man, it's a, it's a it's a cool place to be. But man, the, we were driving back from Utah because I did a tour, and we went to Utah, and we we're coming back through Death Valley in the middle of summer, and like at night it was like 118 degrees. And, was, and we couldn't turn on the air because the van, I was using my van to tour in, and we couldn't turn on the air because it was overheating, the whole <laughs> engine going, vroom, vroom. Not good. <laughs> so we had to just sit there and just go, just be like, in our little sauna, in our little hot box, yeah. just fucking dying. But Gotta make it. But you know what? I mean, like, it, it didn't kill us. No, we were man. stronger. So you, uh, so with your like you have a full band here like you um i don't have a band per se anymore mm-hmm. i've been i've fronted bands since i was young yeah. very young well, let's go back to sure. where so when did you start like doing the instruments and the painting and getting interested in like expression since i remember oh. i always painted or always drew mm-hmm. not necessarily painted i was a like, stuff the kids did yeah you know it wasn't any special art programs or anything like that yeah. or but I always drew or, you know, when I wasn't out playing or, you know, doing things that boys and, and whatever do. And, um, but I always knew I wanted to be in a, in a band or I wanted to sing, be a, be a guitar player. Yeah. I can't remember not knowing that right. from watching, you know, just watching, hearing the stones or something on the radio or yeah, yeah. seeing them on like the TV shows or the Beatles or whatever. I always was drawn to that. And, um, Started off in bands like we all do in high school, you know, in pre-high school and whatever. And, right. Um, co- popular college bands. Went on to get married. What? Had. Oh, uh, you, you've been married before. Mm-hmm. Okay. I've yeah, I've been down a few different interesting <laughs> roads of life for sure. Okay. Um, what? Where'd you go to school? I grew up in West Toledo, oh, and um, West Side? went to West Side. <laughs> went to Longfellow's. Went to DeVoe Junior High, start high school, and then went to the University of Toledo. Okay, so UT. Yep. So you've been just centered here this this your whole life. Yeah, I lived pretty. I just moved back to the West Side because my girlfriend and I are living in Sin now together. Oh. And but gosh. I had I've been out of the South End now, and I was there for like twenty years plus. So. Oh, okay, okay, right on. So are you an old West End or West West um, Toledo like proper? West Toledo proper, more okay. so. Yeah, not the old proper, but the the new old proper now yeah the west the old west has kind of grown into sort of this like weird little artist community yeah, it's very it's um the festival every year is or is i'm sorry it's festival not the festival oh. if you're from the old west end and you say the festival they know you're not oh if you say festival they're like oh, okay festival well wait but like how do you <laughs> so it's like i can't wait so it's like i can't wait for festival yeah i don't say festival i say the old west end festival yeah because yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm not you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going there, man. <laughs> is there, is there some kind of like, no, I was mess around. Okay. <laughs> I'm saying like, but that is the truth. I think it, I'm, it is the truth though. That's kind of how it would be. I would say exactly as I just said it. Mm. Okay. Yes. I'm not taking anything back. <laughs> um, Fair enough. I played in, um, 
some popular bands like through college and we put out a record i played in a band after college what was the name of the band um the first band we were called um we, that we put a record out we were called the flex okay f-l-e-c-k-s right. and five of us young college um what year was it like uh 89 90 okay. in there all right. And what what was it? Um, kind, of, kind of music? Yeah. I don't even know. Oh. Okay. I mean, like, just undescribable. I don't know. I don't know. Pop. Um, pop. Jeez, uh, I'm not going to get much more descriptive. Probably. That's okay. Uh, new fun. wave pop with rock and roll, but um, not rock. I don't know how to describe not, it really. Because that's fallen in kind of the grunge era. Yeah, it wasn't. Hair. We had the hair, but we didn't. We're necessarily grunge, you know. <laughs> yeah. You were. You didn't have the. Did you have the feathered thing no, going on? No, I didn't do that. I just oh. did more of the, um, just the long Chris Cornell, Eddie yeah. Vedder type long hair. Gotcha. Yeah. Were you guys were you guys jamming like the Nirvana? And no, the we didn't do any of that. We did more stuff like, um, you know, obscure, like from the Talking Heads to the Violent Femmes mm. to that kind of stuff that motivated by like um, the Cure more so than... than uh, Nirvana. That yeah. was probably after me. That was post college, mm. and I liked it, but I, right. it wasn't for me in the band and stuff. I was more. I got into a band after that. A couple of us broke off and made it. Went all original at that point, and we were called the Starlings, and we were very Americana-ish, mm. very um, B three organ, tube amps, Ooh. pop hooks, all the things that are coming back again. Yeah, yeah, that whole thing, you know. And so did that, and then broke up with not broke up or just shelved all the bands you know and was ready to take care of myself only and went through you know changes in life personally and wiped the slate clean and did you, been, end up, did you end up with a kid okay. no never man it never worked out that way and i've always been very paternal so i've always been a good uncle mm. and now kendra i she's got we've got Jazz, who's 12, and Savannah is 20 at home, so I've got to make three girls love me oh, now. Oh, three girls. So I, as paternal hey. and all that stuff as I may have been, I think we've settled with... Um, the only, you the know, only wiener in the house. Man, alive. <laughs> it's nice to be... To, it, I can tell when I get excited and talk to another guy. You know, Yeah. It's <laughs> nice to get out of the walls to... But it, it's good. I like it a lot. I, it feels good. It feels yeah. right. Well, yeah, that's all that matters. I ch I've been out there for a long time, and um, I don't know. It feels nice to to settle in a little bit, little bit, not settle, but to settle and not have to be, not have to drink all the whiskey anymore. You know, <laughs> leave some for some other people, yeah, and yeah. I don't know. Um, had uh, I put out three solo albums since then, and um, one was an acoustic record, and then I basically have my guys that i use mm. um this last one in particular we had a, my buddy greg leonard flew in we had him coming back home from uh the west coast and we produced um this last record yeah the last one uh, i was listening to it and like you got like accordions and like what cello on that thing right am i wrong no there's all those things it's mostly rock but those are a couple of things that you would mention there sound like an Irish folky type thing. Well, if you this listen to the first and the fourth song, maybe you might get that. Okay, I would say yeah. It's something, and it was more. I listened to a, like a few of the songs. It was know, more so. more. That stuff is more in the cinematic end of things. Mm -hmm. So yeah, um, we have some of the classic rock kind of influences and and or 
like English pop or American pop. Mm -hmm. uh, we wanted it to sound like a 70s Tom Petty or Stevie Nicks or, or uh, um, Fleetwood Mac kind of album. Yeah. We wanted that kind of vibe with, with just the aesthetics of the sound. Uh -huh. um, but And then some of the stuff like you had mentioned with the cello and the accordion, um, we were looking for more like soundscape stuff, telling the story of... I don't, I don't know more produced in that respect yeah not more produced because everything's produced yeah um you know and and thought about and not you know everything is contrived because you know you, it's, unless you're you, you know you're in a jam band by yourself and just noodling around right. you know, wanking off <laughs> yeah. we like to have parts don't bore us get to the chorus kind of stuff a little bit oh man i love that quote i love tom petty man he's just so fucking yeah. honest i think that was a mike campbell quote is it that, mike uh, that campbell? I, just I thought said. that was tom petty it was one of the two of them i know okay. for sure i don't know for sure but i'll Whatever. let's go with that yeah I, I use it all the time what would mike campbell do or what would tom petty do <laughs> well like i use it all the time even when it's not even anything to do with music the, just, the don't bore us get to the chorus yeah, yeah like don't bore us just get to the core yeah, like, get use the three inch brush not the little detail brush yeah man. it's like broad stroke just get it yeah like if someone's trying to spit something out like you know or you know beating around the fucking butt no like, I, I don't know what are you don't bore us saying, get man. to the chorus get yeah. the fucking get to the point um yeah should we listen to one of the songs yeah okay which song should we play off the last album uh i don't know let's take a look here okay <laughs> Can you <laughs> I can just play something. Uh, let's see. What are we? Gonna, um, what are we gonna play? What, I wasn't prepared for that question. Oh, sorry, dude. Mike. Let's play. <laughs> it's okay. Like I can just play a song that I like. Yeah, or that. Okay. Let's if do you that. If you get, okay, then I'm gonna play. So there's the the way I look at this album. There's two sides to it. Okay. Because um, I'm getting vinyl. I have it all ready to oh, pull the plug on it. Fancy. Or to pull the trigger, I should say. Yeah, yeah. Um, everything's ready to go. I just have to come up with the rest of the capital. So we have a little fun going, and hopefully have that out um, by summertime. There's like a 13 week waiting period too. Once you do pull the trigger on Where the are you order, sending it to? we use a company called Disc Makers. Okay. And they've been doing a great job and they just started a vinyl division so oh. learned all about that stuff this that year shit, that shit's crazy because you gotta it get is. like a plate made and you gotta get remastered for vinyl and like just getting that master plate made is not a cheap thing yeah and then getting the it's not cheap at all it's not it's really expensive but it's so cool so the holes are in my jeans are getting bigger you know <laughs> it's i spent all my money getting yeah. printed vinyl God damn it. Okay, let's play a song of my right. choosing, and then we'll be right back. Cool. And we're back. Good shit, man. It's like, I, I like uh, I like what you're doing. I do. I do. I'm not blowing smoke. You looked at me all weird. I don't know. Maybe I was misreading that. What song did we listen to, Mike? What was it? <laughs> <laughs> you know the song that, that I was, was just talking about. Wow. Um, you know what? We played the accordion cello song. Yes. Leave me to lie with a knife in my heart. <laughs> yeah it was very upbeat very uh, uh we <laughs> should we should have a cut here listen to the uh a tune or else um i don't want to fake fake trick it okay if, if you don't want to do that that's fine that's fine i was gonna i was gonna um 
I, I didn't know how I was going to do it. I was going to ask you to play a song, but I, I didn't know what kind of things you had around you. We could do you. that. We could go. I, got, I brought them up just in case you wanted to. Really? Yeah. I got a guitar here if anything you want to do. Oh, that's tight. Well, then let's play a song. We'll set this thing up. Hey, wait, we can come in with the truth. Back. <laughs> You're like, I don't want to do that. Oh. It's like lip syncing in a video. I know. <laughs> and I'm, I might have played it off in the day, but now I'm like, oh. No, oh. it's okay. Okay, we're we're listening to the album because Jeff wanted, he didn't want to fake the funk, and I and I respect the shit out of that. <laughs> and, and and I want you to know, I've never had anybody be like, no, I'm not, I don't want to do it like that, and I'm not saying it in a bad way. I'm saying like, well, I respect that. Well, good. Um, this was an important record to me. I mean, they all are. Obviously, they're all your babies, but right. um, the way we recorded it, the state of mind I was in. Um, I'll edit up to this record probably. Right. Um, what was that state? Well, just figuring out if I wanted to lose the girl or not, or uh. win the girl, and get out of my comfort zone. And and I know how you know how to lose something real easy, <laughs> as we all do. But yeah. there's different differences when you get older. Like streamlining your life is also part about that. And just all those I don't want to say it's a one dimensional thing it has nothing to do with just me mm. this is a, a group effort with the girl and all that but yeah. those things paralleled a lot of other things in my life that were going on changes changes of not drinking everything all the time and okay. or not all the time but just the lifestyle so so you and uh, you have a uh, you have a relationship with alcohol no, I mean we all do. I, mean, I like to drink beer. I'm not a quitter, so I can still have a cold beer <laughs> I'm a and so a glass of whiskey if I want to. So <laughs> I, I had to. I had to quit. I, I was kind of. I don't know if it's the same position because I'm. Uh, but my wife gave me the ultimatum. She was like, "Fuck this!" And it was actually on our anniversary where she's just like, "I can't do this. I can't fucking sit there and watch you fucking make an asshole of yourself and yeah. you know, embarrass me and like, you know, like." just fuck her whole life up <laughs> and she was like well you can either stop drinking or you can um you know i can leave and so i chose love oh it's uh and that was five years ago actually this january you don't miss the hangovers at all do you what you don't miss the hangovers at all oh my god no jesus christ yeah. it's the greatest thing i ever did because what happened was when i quit drinking my music career actually started yeah because after in my 20s for t the 10 years my, through my 20s that was my 20s i spent it all burning bridges letting people down not being able to you know come through on yeah. my end and then so as soon as i quit drinking all of a sudden i got work and um go figure some it, people can handle it better than some i think yeah we all have our own stories i was probably opposite of that oh. i didn't drink during the day ever or anything like there wasn't like a a necessity but it was going out you know you're in the club six nights a week and you just yeah. people know what you drink and they next thing you know one drink turns into whatever it needs to be and then the next day is completely shit housed you know because you're <laughs> hung over and then at nighttime you might make decisions that you wouldn't always make if you weren't drunk and out there at three in the morning right all kinds of shit goes down at, after midnight you yeah. know whatever be it creative or whatever you need it to be yeah but um I didn't want to be one of the best quotes I ever heard. Um, my buddy was talking to my brother. He was going through a booze thing for a moment and, and it was hurting his personal relationships. He's like, Stuart, do you ever want to be the guy that can't have a fucking beer or can't have? And I'm like, I heard that. Yeah. 
like I don't want to ever quit. So I know, and I was never shitty. I was never like my girlfriend can't tell when I'm really drunk unless huh. I'm, just, you know. <laughs> but it's, I know I'm, I just never did that. I was yeah. always good because I had to handle myself in a in a social situation with my with my job. Yeah. But now it's just I can't get those hours of hangover back and spending too much time not doing other things when. Um, you know, but but I could have a drink last weekend. I could have a whiskey, and I had a, a cut of. And the next day, I was done with it. Yeah, and it was great. So yeah, you can have, if you can do that, then more power to you. It's all I, our own walks of life and how we deal with this shit. You I know? I agree with that. Anybody who like, cause, cause some people will still apologize to me. It's like I'm gonna have a beer. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm just like, dude, I'm a musician. Like this, I have. If I didn't want to quit, then. I probably wouldn't have been a, you know, like I, I would just carried on. Like I have, I have to be around this all the time because of my yeah. job. And if I was a weak bitch and <laughs> you know, like I would have had to quit work. I would have just hid away in a cave if I couldn't be around someone drinking, you know, yeah. it's like, it's so it's, it's, I get it that some people can't handle that. Cause there are people out there who is like, I can't even be around the shit or I can't even have a sniff of it. And you'll you'll actually find me sniffing whiskey once in a while. I'll be like, <laughs> it, it's a uh, it's a new adventure here. Not uh, you know, I probably eat more at the end of the night now. Mm, yeah, you, know, you more, like a lot more sugary stuff too. Everything, savory, <laughs> sweet. So so you were drinking a lot, and then you kind of like backed off. No, I mean for years, I just this is what you did when you went out. I just yeah. had got a whiskey and yeah. I got a, a drink and. Maybe go out. I didn't when I didn't have when I was in between periods of relationships. I didn't, you know, go out with my friends and having a great time. Yeah, you know, totally. uh, or when I was down in the dumps from different things, she'd be at the bar, you know, getting out of it a oh, little that's bit what the bar to is get for, away. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you <laughs> get, get out there and work your problems I, out. I mean, kind of. It's not it's really. something. Maybe it's <laughs> not working them out, and sometimes it's more just uh, dulling, yeah, dulling it out a little bit. Yeah, you know? that, and that's that's what I realized after drinking is like, um, it was me just like, um, just just running away from like the issues I had with myself and like the anger and the awfulness that I've, and the the how I felt about myself in general was like. Uh, I was just dousing it away, you know. <laughs> so it was weird. It was a weird transition, and especially it happened when like my dad was dying, and my I just got my wife pregnant, and I just <laughs> I, I I found out I was losing my hair at thirty, and I'm just like fuck all of it, this, and and I'm not drinking. So it was a crazy time to yeah. stop, but probably the best time to stop. Yeah, it's um, it's been a it's not been like a sprint it's been like the old sprint marathon thing it's yeah. like slowing i'm slowly realizing that like i used to get anxiety about like oh i don't have to work friday night so what are we gonna do <laughs> go out to a bar and like i used to know every bartender in the city yeah. times three or four and now right. it's like okay and now it's <sighs> it's okay man you don't have to right right be out there and, and you know it's just perception bullshit anyway oh yeah totally it just just the <clears throat> anxious feeling that like and i and i when i remember when i was i was so pathetic i was begging my wife it's like you can't do this to me how will i go to the bar how will i hang out how will i have a life like i i wish i had like a video of it just so i could laugh at that person <laughs> you was, had no idea how uh, it, was, it was so pathetic 
but now it's like I enjoy going to the bar. I enjoy going to see a band and like being sober and like seeing the young next generation fall over on their asses <laughs> and wish them the best. But you know what? Have a good time. Yeah. It's, I I am um, I'm all about people having a good time safely and and I enjoy it. you know it's fun and I still do other things that aren't so destructive like smoking weed yes I stopped smoking weed actually you stopped or you started again I, I did I stopped and then I started weed helped a lot get off of drinking and then I was <clears> abusing <throat> weed and then I stopped and then I went back and then oh at like two months ago I stopped again just because. I just needed a break. With weed, you need to take your breaks. Yeah. No matter what, you have to take a couple of days. And it doesn't take long. To yeah. get it out. It's not about getting it out of your system. It's just about catching up with yourself because you fall into that little... <laughs> you do. Uh, you don't realize it's abuse, but you d- can fall into that weed trap. Totally, and yeah, so you have waking to f- up and I was like, oh, I might as well just fuck. No, all right. I'm just going to do this. <laughs> and you know what? Instead of working out this like, <clears throat> anger thing, I'm just going to smoke it away. <laughs> you, um, you definitely tweak those nuances throughout your life if you're going to do that use that as a medicine and um but you you have to um just like anything else the the boring moderation speech oh yeah totally uh, it's it's not it's medicine anymore though so that then more so than a i don't know it's recreational but it's also medicine and the older we get um i don't know I pick your poisons yeah for sure man it's like what are you gonna what are you gonna spend your time doing it's like your precious dwindling time what are you gonna spend it yeah. how are you gonna spend it, it for me that's i think it's fuel to me it's fuel it can be attitude adjustment it oh can yeah be, but uh i like to work on it mm. you know if uh if it's time to get down and it's late or whatever the case is i need an attitude adjustment yeah you know yeah you know it's it's i think it's a, a good situation it's here for a reason for us i agree totally man because like you can you can definitely take that like frown and put it upside down <laughs> you know yeah uh but i've also been experiencing with microdosing with um with psilocybin oh, i um i know you're talking about i've re- read some stuff about that it's i'm just like i i crushed up a bunch of stuff well, I, and i put them in little gel caps and fucking like I'll just see it coming, you know, like I can feel it. And, and like, especially with, um, I don't know if you have done like a meditation or done like, se- like not self-awareness. What is that called? Um, it is self-awareness, but it's called, fuck, I always forget it. I'm such an asshole. <laughs> uh, but anyways, it's short term memory. Yeah. Short-term <laughs> <laughs> it's called short term yeah. memory. Um, but I've been just uh, experimenting, experimenting with it because I, I, I can feel when I, I'm starting to kind of spiral or let an emotion get out of control. So I'll be like, okay, you know what? I'm going to try this, just see how it goes. And then most of the time it kind of evens everything out for me, for me. Some people that shit just like makes them go crazy. But Well, that's why it was what the, it was first intended for was for to help you out of those dark and ridiculous places that we go through and, yeah. and you know the depths of the, all those wormholes of hell and so they that was why you intentionally you, you know you initially did it and now it's all illegal and, and because of people use it for different reasons and for different political reasons yeah but to for, for self-discovery like the native indian stuff like that yeah. going going down deep um, and then if you're experienced enough with it, then you can kind use it as a, like you're experimenting now, you can use it as a, to find out where your, your brain chemistry is 
trying to tell you to go. Right, man, for sure. And that's kind of where it's gone. So you were going through some stuff when you kind of approached <clears> the <throat> creation of this album. Yeah. So that that's kind of like you're going through. A I little. was going through stuff and transitions in my life, um, from be, you know being don't need anybody single to not you know f- this girl that probably kept on the line for a long time mm. um had to win her trust back more yeah. so and documented some of those things too not just a you know the boyfriend girlfriend type of album yeah but i also had a previous record that i did that it took a long time it took a long time with for, with finances and just different and this, reasons it took years one? to do this can't sit still album sit that still. yeah and I didn't want, I wanted this to be the opposite of that. I okay. wanted this to be a cohesive unit of guys that I have on my team. And we recorded it rather quickly. We got together over the course of a like two week period and did the like drums and the bass together. So we have a solid unit like, like that. What'd you record? Where? Yeah. Um, my buddy Chuck Mock has his Happy Hands um, recording club um, right here in the city. Oh, it's okay. actually in Perrysburg, right over the the water um the muddy mommy water um and he's got uh, a great room great mics we have all my my guys have great tube amps and guitars to choose from and as i do whatever and um we caught the the vibe of the songs and then built everything else around there so you got you started with the you said the bass and the drums we brought our guys in and basically around coffee in the morning they had to learn you know we didn't have time to pre-produce yeah there was no pre-production a lot of the songs were brand new too so we were just kind of in the moment getting things going to the furniture store finding which couch we wanted and then living with that couch for the yeah so (laughs) we made the calls in the you know and figured it out um i told him what i was thinking about and then greg the producer we you know he and i've been best friends for like 25 years so we know each other and he knows how to translate the artistic point of view being being an artist to to the production end of things and how to actually how to make it sonically sound like you're trying to talk about yeah yeah it's art you know and so he got us together and no worries about that no no it's all meant to be broken and built (laughs) so we um we got the guys together and, and talked about what kind of vibe we wanted on like the baseline, mm. you know, think about being James Jamerson meets, you know, uh, for this section meets, uh, you know, Peter hook from just different kind of, um, we, we showed a lot of like, like, Oh, I like that over there, but we did that with bass players. Yeah. We did that. So, and we found out what beats the tempos we wanted for the songs in the morning. And then we, the drums and the bass were set up and I would play along with them singing them with my guitar scratch yeah. in their ears so we kept it going and that's how we have all the basic tracks okay. and then we um, I came back after that and did all my vocals and the guitars and uh, in the meantime we laid down guitars and uh, keys did all the harmonies and everything myself so you played the keys too I don't play keys oh okay, okay. I did um and you, this, you laid down the keys and we had our keys laid down okay. yeah so um that's how we did that so i think there's a cohesion on the album um it's a particular moment in time for sure yeah put it out quickly i mean relatively quickly as opposed to the previous one um and now it's off my plate so it's on to the thinking about what i'm going to do for the next venture as i'm trying to facilitate this thing to you know to get out there this album to get out there and yeah. um you know how am i going to present it to folks how do i 
get a sustainable income to record to the next one. <laughs> yeah, you man. know, that's why all the other hustles are going on right, to put right. back in. You know, so, so would you say that most of your everything else you do is sort of to feed the music, or do you think it's all just its own thing? We were talking earlier about like the division of time spent on one project or another, right. and uh, focus me on that question again. <laughs> okay, no problem. It's a uh, so. Do you do everything else to sort of feed the music, or does everything, everything is sort of everything? Everything, is, everything is sort of everything. I mean, I guess that's kind of an obvious, que- uh, obvious answered kind of question. But like, you no. just seem so, like you know you're trying to hustle to get this out and hustle the you know get I wanna, these records printed I, and stuff i want to like keep that. food in the in the house yeah. i want to pay my for my car i want to pay for um i want to pay for my for life here you know taking care of my life and my world in that respect mm. so um everything just see, feeds everything feeds into it and then i have to you know you if you're a painter you have to have paint to paint yeah you can't build a house without all the the wood and the nails and all that bullshit. So, you know, the studio time is expensive. Yeah, totally. Um, and I'm doing everything. Not just the, you know, with the music, I got to, you know, you write the songs and all that. I'm not talking about writing lyrics and all that bullshit that you had that goes into a song. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about post, you know, first getting the guys together and, and that's just all the easy stuff. Right. Then you got to do all this. You got to do the artwork. You got photography. You have to facilitate with the uh, graphics department and layout get it out there now what am i doing with i got this product you know now yeah. what am i doing it's just you know there are just boxes of records in my garage now yeah yeah, yeah. why yeah. did you do it is yeah. it a vanity project or what's the point i mean you have to do it though the point is you have to do it right. i'd rather you know i would be dead if i wasn't creating right or that it's, compulsion it's, right? that is i guess the compulsion it's the to go with the next one i have a produced i've got two fairly produced records mm-hmm. they're all like we talked about earlier it's all production but the next one i'm thinking about uh my latest thoughts have been towards stripping it down and doing me even more of an intimate acoustic just me and my guitar type of deal yeah um, i don't know but then it could all change <laughs> which which is great about art it's like it's fluid you you shouldn't be boxed into just one thought or one idea unless that's really what you want there could be a little bit of a balance i'm lucky enough to have be able like you were saying about being boxed in i'm lucky enough to have um I probably have a dozen other album projects going on right now oh, okay so you're recording with other bands i have well. well other friends that i would like college buddies good friends of mine um different musicians and we they uh, these guys have studios a couple of them do so one my buddy brian and i are working on these um uh acoustic well we're working on these tunes but the beats are like 808 beats with you know i'm, I'm playing moog bass and Sweet. you know smoke a joint and figure out it's kind of one of those experimental things it's yeah, really yeah. cool and loose but cool yeah loose in a, in a tight way if yeah, that makes sense no absolutely and then i have another project where it's all super you know my buddy shane and i are doing you know real jayhawksy two guys and their guitars singing um americana type or hopefully not i don't know if it's country or not but it's just two guys from the uh, the rust belt singing songs together yeah so that kind of stuff to uh i got like almost like a prog my buddy john has a studio upstairs and it's we have these tunes that are European soundscapes of maybe tech edges of techno and edges of 
uh, Prague and different things. Yeah, so yeah. another, my buddy Bob and I are working on these tunes that are, you know, Grateful Daddy. Oh, nice. So there's all ends of things, and this is my pop stuff or my pop rock stuff that yeah. that I do with my guys, with the guitars and the oh, amps, and it's the band, it's the Tom Petty, yeah, band kind of you know. That, yeah, that I mean, I hear a solo shredding right now. Is that you? That's my buddy Greg, oh, and that was I wanted to to play. Um, I, I wanted it to be to be metal. That right <laughs> I was an old metal guy. Yeah. You know, so there's some. Uh, okay. Juxtapose like Judas Priest or Iron Maiden riffs mm-hmm. put in with these songs that you would never expect it in there. Right. So, but that's my little nod. Yeah. yeah, he was right there. <laughs> yeah, I think this is the song I was initially. This talking is the about. one that's what I was laughing at. It, so yeah, <laughs> that's right. Um, so I, I think I read somewhere that you've had music in movies and yeah. um, Sons of Anarchy. Yeah. Did you want to go back over here? No, I'm just grabbing something off the shelf here. I'll show you. Please do. Um, yeah, we had a... Uh, I've never seen the Sons of Anarchy episode. You've never seen the no, show No, I get like 14 cents here or there in royalties. Nice. Well, that's um, but yeah, there we did, a, we did a, t- a tune that ended up in a barroom scene barroom fight dance scene and i haven't seen it yet i've never seen one episode of it that show is amazing by the way i know <laughs> so i hear we did a. this is um a marvel comic movie um it's called man thing man thing and we have a about a 15 second window of a um a tune we did when the sheriff pulls up and it's playing on his stereo system in his car they wanted a they had a call for like a ccr type vibe so oh, we, okay. we came up with something this one, um, Extreme Ops. It's Watch this. <laughs> we had a, a night snow ski love scene um, song, and uh, called "Roll with Me" that we put on there. This one, we have a nice, probably about almost two minutes of a song, and it's really intense. Feed. Love scene mixed with cannibalism scene mixed with <laughs> it's kind of a warped. Oh, this is this is yeah. just like a dark, yeah, special yeah. Features that looks like nutritional facts. That yeah, 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 yeah. That's you getting you're getting it now. So, wow. Oh, okay, I get it. Wow, that's fucking. So, so how did how did you fall into like making music for movies and stuff? Like, um, how does that happen? The main reason is because of, of um, my best my dude greg leonard he um he and i have been be- top mates since we were young and uh best men oh, okay. and different things and um his brother is brett leonard who directed like the lawnmower man oh. and he did like uh, he did siegfried and roy's um imax he okay. he's done uh a lot of movies and he's a Hollywood guy and he's really big into virtual reality mm. kind of he's been on the cusp of that whole the whole world and anyway so he needed a couple tunes for um, for some stuff and his brother proved that he could do it when he was venturing into that whole world um, and then once you get a call you get a call back and he got some callbacks and we got the songs in there we were oh, the guys right. that you know they they put the calls out and we delivered to them we did a lot of deliveries that never went anywhere yeah probably a hundred to the three that made it or four that made it oh okay but but you still get paid for those anyway. no no you don't no if you don't they get don't paid. use it no you just submit and then submit because there's a hundred other guys doing do the submissions thing. yeah so you have to be somebody they can count on and get it there quick and we just were there 
So how do you, would you go? How would you go into like making a song for? Do they send you a scene, or they just give you like this is the description of the scene? Like how how do you description? Just like you're saying it, description. We want this kind of vibe. We can't afford to use um, this tune. So can you make it vibey like that tune? Oh, okay, okay. So that's what we did. We kind of custom crafted it. I got you. One tune that we did um, that is in um, this movie here in this scene, this feed movie is on can't sit still this record it's called um which one the skin deep and we remixed it for this um it's remixed for the for the the album version okay yeah so so you'll just you'll just sit down they'll give you the vibe and be like okay let's knock this out and then how do you record it how do you send it in like what was the process just like you record any album any so you had to go into a real studio, or did you have yeah. a project studio? Um, my Greg worked at out of Ann Arbor in a studio called Big Sky. Okay. And so he his job was already there. Ah. So he kind of you know just between the cracks we did it. Oh okay. Everybody at that time was trying to break into it. You know, try mm. to. What, this, what years was it? Um, two thousands. I mean, everything here is like two thousand five. Okay. Um, something like that. I'm not sure anymore, but um, this one says 03. Okay, so like early th- early 2000, mid 2000. Yep. And so you guys were just sort of, I, I always find it interesting how that even happens, but so it just turns out that you had an in in Hollywood and, and he called you and was like, let's make some music for movies. Greg was trying to get out of, um, he was going through his own stuff, going through divorce and yeah. changes and moves and different things that he had to deal with. So he was just throwing everything into it, hustling. He knew he was going to be moving to California because it, for his stuff, producing sounds um, and doing ads and things, you needed, he needed to be more in it. Mm. Um, so he moved out there and he started getting more close. Now he's got a lot of ties and he's working right now with uh, Sony on some really cool things. So. Oh, sweet. Anyway, I mean connections. Yeah, it's not who you. It's who you know, I suppose. But it's also yeah, we did the work. Right, right. Well, it's the it's the the carry through or yeah, the, the carry through. Whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah, you have to be able to at least get it done. That's really interesting, man. Like, cause I I have a I have I have friends who are um, he does uh, he does mostly like his biggest thing he's done is well he does voiceover work so like he'll put stuff on instagram where he's just like doing goblins and stuff but then he'll do he just sort of does like one man band type thing where it's just him in his project studio and he's just making interludes for like i don't know i I think it was alaska catch or something and he'll just do little interludes here and there. It'll just be like a sly guitar with a little drum fill that's exactly what it is it's little projects i we need 30 seconds of a slide guitar over this for yeah. this little section right here. Mm. And you got to do that for the whole scene, the whole movie, the whole yeah. TV show. Yeah. So it's good to get those calls. Yeah, man. It's, so you don't really do all that much anymore? You no, know? that wasn't even my thing. That was just, hey, man, we got an opportunity to do it. Can you come up and work for free <laughs> for these yeah. two days? Okay. Because yeah. there's a chance that it might. And if it does, it might not. And if it does, you, it, you know, you yeah. just... You don't then, do it because you're trying to, you know, you're just hustling. You're trying yeah. to get something. You're trying to right. make some bread, man. Just to Hell do, yeah, you know. man. For, for sure. For sure. I mean, like, there was a time when, I mean, I guess it would be, like, for commercials more than movies because I think doing, um, 
like for TV show music for TV shows and movies is an art of its own. But then there was a time when like having your song in a commercial was like selling out. <laughs> and now it's like that's what bands strive for. It used to be selling out and you would make a shit ton of money though too. And now people want to do it even because it doesn't matter anymore. Right. But there's not people aren't getting paid anymore either, right. you know, that's such a desperate market now. It is. So it shifted around a little bit. It did and, and a lot has to do with like Napster and like just the internet culture and in the bringing down of the gatekeepers and the b- bringing down of uh, the music industry. Is I actually read this cool ass book. It's called um, "Meet Me in the Bathroom," and it's about uh, it's about the New York rock and roll scene in like from like early two thousands to like two thousand eleven or something like that. So it covers the Rapture and LCD Sound System and the Strokes and all those guys who kind of like came out of there. And it just goes through that whole like ten year period of how. You know, the Strokes were one of the last bands to get that big check. And then, like, everybody after that, every, it just started dwindling. Napster came in, and then people were just downloading shit. And then to where we kind of are now, where it's like you're streaming. You might get a million streams, but how much does that equate? It's like... Maybe- Everybody's trying to figure this stuff out. And, like, for a guy like me that doesn't have a record deal as an independent artist, right. you know, what, how do I, what do I do? I'm selling one here or one there out of my, my bag, my gig bag, you right. know, or at sh- if I... It is tough, man. What do you do with this stuff you just spent two years of your life and spent all your money on? Right. Um, you know, you get in the van, you and you do tour life, and you sell merch and all that stuff, and you know that's the still tried and true way. Right, right. It's um, getting out there, but at the same time, uh, um, there's got to be new and better, more efficient ways too. And yeah. not better, but I i don't know. It's just different. Nobody knows what the hell's going on anymore. <laughs> Nobody. Like, I've ordered CD. I get a box of a thousand CDs. Yeah. How many people have CD players anymore? Right. But I have to have something. I can't just go, here's my new record. Right. Well, where is it? What's well, online? You can just stream it. Yeah, bro. yeah. Okay, well, it's already, it's already out of their head. Right. So that's why I'm trying to get the vinyl taken care of because, first of all, it's always been a life goal to have vinyl. Yeah, well... And I need something tangible. You need yeah. something to give people. Right. And something th- that they're actually going to listen to, too. Wh- they're wh- going to listen to it. This is the throwaway. People can throw away a CD. And it costs f- pennies to make. My friends, my friends, well, my friend Ed, he says, this is our business card. Give that to the hot exactly. girl or give that to the guy who's asking about us. Like, yeah. here's, our, here's our business card and the back is our contact. You can call me right here, bro. It's cool. <laughs> Hit me up. It's really exactly what it is. It's it's kind of an overpriced fucking business card. But yep. but that's cool too, though, because it's like it, it is something tangible. Maybe they got a CD player, maybe they don't. But you know what? That They have that and they can see it and they can contact yep. you. So, so have you done extensive touring at all? Like in your, um, time? I've not ever done extensive touring. I've extensively gigged. Mm. Um, I've played in Europe. Okay. Um, went over there with a rag tape group of friends and and backpacked around and more pop up kind of gigs. Oh, okay. Um, and here I've played around like the, the whole Rust Belt area. I've did all that like yeah. regional touring type of stuff. Yeah. And others played in other states, um, but not per se because of a record deal tour. I've never been on a supported tour. Right. I played. I just played with Ann Wilson of Heart over the summer. Oh, fun! Um, Where was that? Downtown. It's Centennial Terrace. Oh, that's out so in Savannah. I've done a lot of. I did. A, I get a lot of calls for um, shows around here. Um, like opening for, for opening that they national. don't need a band. If I, I can, I can go up there with my guitar yeah. and take care of forty minutes 
and they don't have to worry about anything on another I'm, I'm one mouth to feed and my my mix is you know i got a direct line for my voice and my guitar right you know yeah, so it's low key and so far so good with trustworthy on me so when how do you so what do you normally gig is it just you and a guitar is that what your main source of gigging is right yeah now? i'm just go out and sing songs the old-fashioned troubadour type of deal yeah you know fun, sitting in the corner or stand standing in the corner making the room sound good for yeah. businesses yeah. for functions and stuff and you know it's working it's the trade it's the hustle <laughs> for sure and, man it's it's that's all part of it yeah so tell me a little bit about your art like what what do you uh what what kind of um i mean like what what's the um i don't know how to even say this like what's the coolest thing that you've got to do with your like actual art like your painting art or your sculpting um coolest thing well this stuff up here that you can see these frames here i just got them framed um are those pens that's um pencils and like pastel okay and oil pastels and i did it in for my buddy put a p book of poetry out a couple years ago oh, sweet. and so i um he came up here and we talked and he we went through poetry he was we had some drinks or he was reading poetry as i was getting the vibe of and he was telling me about it you know a very personal situation with the with poems and mm -hmm. stuff the darkness so i was sitting here as he was talking and we were hanging out take you know drawing and taking notes and yeah. basically live riffed his book of poetry oh that's fun I, and then that one's the the cover of the book over there the 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 one that's behind the skull. Yeah. Oh, okay. So that was satisfying, but the, probably the coolest thing, um, we the Super Bowl in 1996 was up in Detroit, oh. and um, I had a, a friend that was taking all my finished art pieces, and his company was a he's a third generation printer, and he was printing all my stuff and just making posters and stuff. So great great friend to have. He was using my stuff for their products to print on things for 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 um. Um, products that they were working on, mm -hmm. and so it, it, in the meantime, I was, you know, it was, it was a very reciprocated situation. Yeah, I got stuff from them, and they got stuff from me. But one of the things that they did, Super Bowl was going on, and, and they were trying to beautify the city. Yeah. Uh, Detroit, you know, was that was eleven years ago. It still was less than it is today. Yeah. Um, in terms of the buildings around the downtown structures where the game was going to be held, Ford Field. There's a couple of buildings, this building in particular called the Whitney Building, which is right there, um, had big ass boarded up wall or windows. Mm. So it, it looked shitty. Yeah. What can we do for, we have no budget, we're low on budget. Kwame, the Kwame Kilpatrick just left the city on embezzlement. It was a rough time. And they were talking on NPR about, you know, we need to, what can we do? And like with this building in particular the guy that one of the sales guys for the printing company heard that he went back and mocked up took one of my paintings and mocked sent a mock-up to this called them and got a meeting with them um he took my painting and cut it in different sections and put it on the um in, in panels as big as the wall there oh, massive wow. panels and blew it up and put them all in these um it was an abstract kind of outside sunshine uh and trees mm. in, a, in an impressionistic style and my buddy calls me he's like you got to come down right now if i find some pictures here i might have i'll show you okay. but um he said you have to come down right now and i went down and they're printing out this taste this painting i did was you know poster size mm. if not smaller 
and I go, they're printing these massive sheets out, and then I got a call the week after that, and then they installed them. I didn't know what was really going on. It was yeah. all very fast. Yeah. I didn't have much to do with it because I was already done with the painting. It was right. all post stuff. We drive up to Detroit, and we turn around the corner. He goes, look at that. Oh my God, <laughs> my piece, uh, these pieces are on like 15 different um, windows along this building. And that was the, uh, that was what they used to beautify um, for the Super Bowl. So millions of people saw my art and nobody knows who the fuck I am <laughs> and I didn't get any money from it. Right. But still, it was one of the coolest things I've ever done. Yeah, like just being able to, I mean, people got to like soak that in as they were just sort of tromping around the city. That's yeah. cool, man. Yeah. That's so cool. that was a pretty, that was a pretty high, fo- high profile thing I would say with, with art, but you know, it's, it's just a story now. Yeah. Well, do you, have you done like uh, anything for advertising or doing band logos, covers, or anything like that? Graphic design. I've done. I never worked with a computer. It was mainly you know old school well, yeah, and stuff. And but I like old school. Like stuff like this. This is my buddy's band, Stonehouse, and this, this is what they wanted. Oh, that's uh, their jam band, right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I, I did one of their other albums too. Oh, cool. S- little things like that. Um, I've done logos for people, um, but. It's not what I like to do anyway. Oh, yeah. it, you know, yeah, if yeah. somebody asked me to do something, and chances are, like anymore, I'd probably say no if I didn't think I would do it properly. But I used to do anything. Like okay, yeah, and then yeah, it would be on my plate for, yeah. in my head for forever. And I'm not. I don't know. It's never any money. It's no. never. Right on. Well, it's always an experience. I yeah. like your, um, you know, like your sketches of Spain, fucking thing you did here with your. Um, is that album cover or is that good catch? The EP? By the way. That Sketches of Spain is one of my favorite records. Miles, baby. Yeah, man. So that was um, a seven-song acoustic thing I did. Okay. And I definitely paid homage to the Miles Davis cover. Right. Everything from down to the little capital thing in the corner or, uh, up there. So or it was and Columbia. You did that? Columbia. I did the – that's the self-portrait I did. Okay. That's and cool. that was the album cover and whatnot. That's awesome. Yeah, I fucking that definitely caught my eye. Um, so what's like a, I, what's a, um, what's like a seminal album for you that kind of like blew the doors open in your head about music? And um, I know this is a hard question for musicians, especially, but like, what was like sort of a, the album? And you can name more than one because I know it's like hard, but. Um, that kind of changed it. Like for me, it was Miles Davis's "Bitches Brew." Like that just sort of like, wow, you can do anything with everything and do it all at once. And so, I don't know, something like that. Do you do you have an album or? I paint a lot with jazz because mm. it's. I like the fact that there's no words. Yeah. And I don't have to focus on that kind of stuff. I can just get that out of it. Um, but as far as opening up my world, like when I was a kid or... Whenever, I mean, like, it could be... I mean, it could have been something you heard yesterday, but, like, just a, well, just for an album that just sort of, like, changed your outlook on how like music is done. And rock and roll band as a unit, probably, like, Revolver by the Beatles. Okay. Did it at when I was in my mid-20s. Yeah. That was... It kind of blew my mind. I would say Revolver did. Um, you know as a more of a, a man that likes tone and playing guitar in that rock tradition and probably like you know exile on main street uh sticky fingers tattoo you was huge stones album for me um 
the head on the door by the cure was quirky okay. and has sounds little sounds little blips and bleeps and things that i yeah. i like i love those albums that just sort of have like hidden gems where you're always hearing something different you know like you'll hear love doing that stuff the ear candy stuff yeah ear candy all about that yeah me too man it's a it's to almost to a fault yeah (laughs) like where it'll just be so layered with shit where it's just like okay we need to peel some of this back here just a collage of sound just berating your ears yeah there's a little three three ding 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 there's a little thing here or there that you'd never heard before that right somehow got mixed in there because it was cool or or like layering instruments has always been like one of my favorite things just layering instruments doing the same notes but like just having like four or five instruments doing that same note creating an entire oh, the wall sound. of sound yeah wow. making it a, a thing so you you said you like the grateful dead or you were trying to do like was how far into the dead did you get like um i was never like a deadhead i've seen him never saw him with jerry hmm um, but I saw the other ones, Rat Dog, and I liked that whole scene. And had some friends that had some vendor stuff on the scene. And were you into like the acoustic hookah thing? Um, I played with them and I ran sound for them randomly one night. Oh, fine. But um, in have a lot of friends in that world, but never particularly into them. Yeah. Um, but uh, the Tragically Hip out of Canada, I was a big fan of. I mean, Petty. Zeppelin, all the normal stuff per, yeah. for sure, but also a lot of obscure stuff. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of what I've been listening to nowadays. Yeah, what are you listening to now? Like, what, what do you find yourself just going back to the old class? I've been revisiting things. Yeah. yeah, like I've been. I watch a lot of YouTube, or I listen to a lot of YouTube. So I randomly found completely wasn't looking for anything, but I randomly found the G, uh, the Paul Stanley audio book. I've been listening to from that. The kiss? Yeah, from the kiss. From the kiss. From, from the kiss. The old old West End festival from festival. <laughs> from festival brings you from the kiss. <laughs> the kiss. Constantine Brancusi, which is the kiss, which is who is a sculptor, I believe. Uh, anyway, but kiss. Um, I'm not sure we, why I even brought that up, but that's because what I've been listening to. I guess lately, I f- try to hear some of the stories of, you know, when you're a little kid laying on your back looking at your your album covers mm. and listening to the kiss destroyer record yeah you know there's these, these four big people four guys and it's all mysterious the superheroes and right. now you hear these stories and they're just guys like us yeah just dudes. same situations just dudes trying to do their thing dudes that might hate each other might yeah, like each other I one mean, day <laughs> i like seeing those stories now I, I read the i thought a very useful not just entertaining, but useful in many ways that you wouldn't have expected. The Keith Richards um, Idol Battery Free Life is, I've been through it four times. Oh, wow. Love it. I, you know, I, I loved it, but what I've found lately, because I've been reading a lot, like I, I did Anthony Kiedis' book, which, by the way, Anthony Kiedis, if I would have known him in his younger years, I probably would have hated him. Mm-hmm. He was such a, a twat of a human being. Yeah. And, um, and it turns out he's like a pedophile, um, openly. <laughs> like he's fucking these these models who are like sixteen. And he's like thirties. Like yeah, banging <laughs> these young models. Um, yeah, he says it right in the book too. It's so weird with all these like people getting outed. You know, with the Me Too thing going on. It's weird that this, I maybe mean, he would have done well in Alabama, possibly. <laughs> yeah. Well, is it sixteen down there? Yeah, is right, that something like that. Yeah. <laughs> 
but what I what I found, and I love the Keith Richards book, but I I just find once I get once they get to like the point where they're like flying around the world, fucking models in the French Riviera, I kind of fall off. I, I just, don't fall I off. Of, there's more that to it than just the hot dates and stuff. No, I, I get it, and and they're going through personal turmoil or, or, or personal issues, human issues as well, dealing with this huge, massive monkey on their back, fame, and drugs and all that, and that's really interesting. But I I, I find myself really interested in the struggle and like kind of lose interest in like once they get to that like fucking mm-hmm. models in french riviera <laughs> it's just I, I don't know why I, it's me you know what i mean it's just me it's just maybe i relate to the struggle more because i can't relate to fucking models that in was french the, the book just started getting cooking right there <laughs> <laughs> no but but like it's really interesting to hear them talk about how like mick jagger and keith richards <clears throat> are just sitting there plucking away just working like actually working on songs like what the fuck are we gonna write now okay we're gonna write this and we just and they working those songs that become something huge and and iconic and legendary you know you can't sit around and cry about it if you're getting to get to work like when i sit down with co-write or sit down and to get to work we bash it out Mm -hmm. you bash it out you get to the you write it because that's what you're a professional right hopefully and (laughs) inspiration you start working that's when creativity starts happening mm. you don't sit around like a dick and waste all the fucking time crying about i'm so i can't i don't have any inspiration and all this stuff like i, I i'm <clears throat> the well's dry like no it's not right it's f- more full than you'd imagine but you, once you start doing it and it took me years to figure that out but now you know you just get down to it you understand form now and and you've got hopefully enough in your well of experience that you don't have to be going through a bad or a good time you know mm-hmm. those things always influence that probably but uh um yeah so you don't believe in writer's block or artist block you just sort of like no nah, i believe in it do you i believe in it it's real but I've, i don't get scared of it from it anymore yeah. it doesn't yeah. it used to be because it's just like a bully it, mm. it, it's if you want to let it bother you then then let it bother you then you're going to and it's going to yeah win every time but it's not it's fucking boring <laughs> writer's block is boring you know yeah. i usually just start writing and then stuff starts happening mm. i don't know what i'm writing i could hanging out in a conversation right now i'll just write down something that we might have said wrong or said yeah a little thing here and there and it's all triggers it's all just like we talked it again and again from earlier throwaway stuff the waste becomes something else yeah you know so you start doing stuff and there's Oh, okay. You're, just, you're getting the engine primed. Yeah. You know. Have you ever read the book, um, The War of Art? Yes, I have it. That, that I think, is like the great... Like, for any artist in any medium, I think is what... I think they should... <coughs> they should read that book. It was, a, it was a good book for me that helped with some of these, you know, uh, little cute quotes or whatever I'm trying to get across as metaphors. Yeah. That was definitely one of the books that help me and you know just part of of that man i tried every fucking try book like that to try to get it together you <laughs> yeah. know and wasted so much time reading those but you know mainly uh it helped me to uh to shape who i am now and uh, wow that's cool i've never had I've, like i've asked a lot of people that and the, most of the time they're like i've heard of it but i don't know it's uh, practical stuff and it's heady yeah. stuff it's practical stuff because we're all you know we're, 
we're all messes in a lot of ways. You know, it's all heady stuff, and you have to be able to have somebody else that has a good perspective on it. Maybe show you a little bit of. Yeah. You know, it's okay, man. We yeah, we get it. We're we're we've. You're not alone, buddy. You're not the first guy. That's. <laughs> well, that's. I think that's kind of what this whole podcast for me is shaped into is just like, um, just uh, kind of opening up the door or, or the curtains to other musicians who aspire to be musicians and talk to musicians on every level. I've gotten to talk to like people who've won Grammys, you know, people who've been really important and integral into certain eras of music. And I, and I talked to just fucking somebody just starting, you know, like just starting a band. And, and, and I just find that I think this information is useful for people just like that book is you know just being able to see that you know like it's a fucked up journey but it can be really fulfilling and it can be really sad but it's like i don't know it's a collage of emotion and expression that i think people should know if they're just want to get into the arts at all and that's what it kind of turned into because at, at first it was just me t- with my buddies talking about our dicks but now, <laughs> now it's kind of turned into like this sort of thing so Hey, I, that book really inspired that aspect, and yeah, that book was important for me too. Just doing the work, fighting the resistance, and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, what's sort of um, what what is a weakness in your playing, or it could be your playing, your singing that you've overcome in the past, or something that you're working on now? I mean, and, and I'll give you an example. Mine is my left hand sucks on piano, so I'm constantly running drills on my left hand. So something technical like that, and it can be on your voice. <laughs> writing whatever it is for you that you can think of right now um i mean the most obvious like there's a few there's a half dozen best vocalist plaques on the wall here right Mm. i fucking can't sing to save my life man i grunt shit out i grind it out i'm not as singer as i used to be because i've been singing in this you know phlegmy weather that destroys your voice every fucking night um so you can't you have to do the job though so you have to find different ways i used to destroy it too much with drinking and throwing up and you know and then trying to bong it out of me you know um so i have to really work hard at singing now and um, because I only have maybe two or three pure nights a year that I get a real good singer voice that I can open up and get it, and I know I can hit those notes. So I have to deal with, you know, breathing in phlegm. You're, it's just it's not conducive. This area is not conducive to being a professional singer. Hmm. So it's very hard, which has made me sing. You know, the songs I write now, I don't sing. Um, I'm not trying to sound like Steve Perry anymore or sing really high. Now I sing something I can sing for another th- 20 years, hopefully. Ah. I try to, you know, gear it so I could go for it, but not, uh, you know, if I'm not having a good night, I want to be able to still hit, be able to hit it. Yeah. So is, is it a weakness or is it a deficiency or is it a something I have to work on? I have to work on it because if I don't, then you're, it's a void, it's a muscle. It doesn't mm-hmm. get used. So, um, so what are some of the things? So you say you sing in a register now that's more comfortable for you to handle. Well, hopefully people do that anyway. I mean, I, right. you know, yeah, can you imagine was- singing some of those metal songs? You know, the, the you can't. How could those guys do that anymore? Right? Like, what, how do like I, you just look at those old videos? Uh, I was just watching Pantera video. <coughs> yeah. And fucking Phil's up there, and he's just like, and he's drinking whiskey and fucking they're smoking cigarettes, like. What? No, like you have to 
You, re- I, I don't know. I mean, like you're the metal guy, right? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> have you ever sang metal before? St- stupidly, when I was a kid, you yeah. know, but nothing like uh, professionally. And I was never really a high singer like that, anyway. But I've heard there's like a way to sing it where it's not resting on the, more of the vocal cords, but more of like. There's the know. guy out there online that shows you all those new hot techniques to keep. Yeah. And I, it's interesting, um, you know, keeping it right, like, not in your from your gut, but from. There's yeah. different areas of breathing when you're singing now to work with that you have to. The, my, my one buddy who does all those voiceovers, I saw him doing that. He's doing like a like a goblin or something for some voiceover project. And he was saying that like the where he gets those noises in so much on the throat, but it's more like wherever you would be snoring from. So wherever mm-hmm. that's at, I don't, which I don't get. I'm not a vocalist. I, I my wife says I have a nice voice, but it's like, you know, it's like your mom saying that, mm-hmm. you know, you're cute. Whatever. My mom thinks I'm good looking. You right. Know? But so it's like, I don't know. Um, I don't know. It's a mystery to me. But It's a mystery unless you're like Celine Dion or George Michael and have a just a, a pure, pure yeah. instrument with yeah. your voice. But, um, yeah, it's just, it's a battle, definitely. That's cool. That's a good, that's, so, so what, 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 since you live in an area where it's hard on your voice, what's your ideal area? What would be your ideal environment? Um, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> where do you play, where do you want to play the ideal spot every single time you sing? No. I know, but I'm just saying, I'm just wondering like, what's the ideal environment? I mean, is it like a dry desert area? That seems I don't like it would be fucked up too. don't know. I mean, I'd go down to Florida to see my dad and next thing you know, I don't have my nose isn't plugged up anymore. Hmm. You know, I can breathe oh. without having to have nasal spray or I not coughing shitty shit up every fucking <laughs> second, you yeah. know? Um, okay. Fair so enough. I, and I don't know, I don't know how that, how that works, mm. but um, yeah, it's, it, don't expect to be uh the golden glory boy. If you're going to go get a gig singing, man, because it's, uh, yeah, it's tough and you're, it is weird. I always wondered how. You know, I always like respect uh, those musical theater kids who can just sort of like belt it out, you know, and like they sing the whole time in that register. Like you know that weird like, "Hey, how's it going, Jeff?" Yeah. <laughs> you know. So, yeah, it can't so do that. You destroy yourself. That's so why even even talking like talk lower and mm. s- just slow down. I mean, I'm, this is we've been talking for what three or four hours now. It's yeah, not, at least ten. But yeah. I mean. You know, this isn't natural. You never, you don't sit there and talk this long and this hard and this uh, measured mm. with somebody all the time. So this is hard on your voice. This is like a gig almost. It's a good, actually, good warm up for if you're going to go sing. But um, there's lots of things to think about that you don't think about if you're not a singer. Yeah. And even if you're a singer, there's much to learn. And I'm just, you know, just at the tip of learning all that shit. So yeah, I well, I dig you don't try to find that stuff when you're not worried about it when you're a kid you don't yeah. give us a fuck man yeah, you're you gonna just, live forever yeah <laughs> i'm never gonna die uh my wife is a is a uh, voice teacher she teaches online lessons and so like i constantly hear her doing stuff um she's constantly doing like the mommy mimo moves and the, like some weird like oh, i'm sorry I, I just spit on i do thing. it on the way to uh to the gigs i you have my own little <laughs> little weird little things yeah that's cool. So what what's like a thing? Can you like give us some like, an example <laughs> yeah. of what you do? There's nothing fun. There's nothing sexy about what I'm going to do. I, I, I'm not trying to get vowels, turned on here, baby. Just get the vowels. Yeah. 
t- shaped up, uh, like, <clears throat> um, I just randomly say some Domi Remy shit, like, Domi Fami, Somi Fami, Remy, da 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 di 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 di. I'll stay in that, da 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 no, 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 no. Just little things, hey, 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 and you know, do the, <clears throat> try not to get too much of the, clearing out of the throat because that hurts too but yeah. you know you got to get that out of there somehow yeah um well thank you for doing that you're welcome man. <laughs> i appreciate it. i know that's i, I know it's kind of like a weird thing but it, i think it's important it's you know what do you do before you go on a field if you're a runner you know you stretch your leg stretch, out yeah so, i find myself doing this more just doing this with the guitars yeah for the, I, I find myself going like this and raising my hand up to because carpal tunnel mm. my hands get you know you said what's it's, it's not a weakness but it's a definitely you get claw hands yeah sometimes when i i can't even feel a chord i'm doing i have to be between songs yeah. you know move work my get the blood out of your fingers sure. and work it back down into your heart range you know and do, do you do the all night gigs or the three hour gigs most blocks of time for working musicians around here are, are three hours or four hours three to four hours yeah yep so I mean, you'll do that as a with yeah, as an acoustic. Yep. Okay. Yeah, those are tough. I've done a, I've done a lot because me and my wife will do a duo thing. So mm-hmm. I'll fucking but I use a classical guitar because fucking the steel just by the end of the night. It's flesh like, on metal, man. Fuck that. <laughs> so I got I got a classical sounds better because we do more of an R and B type thing, you know. So. And it's a little smoother and sexier. People see you singing for like, oh, you will work three hours, you poor <laughs> fucking twat. No, man. <laughs> yeah. It's different than what you think it is, and it doesn't matter what you think it is, but that's just not. It's it's a little bit. Yeah. I've dug ditches. I've done all the, mm-hmm. you know, I've had kiosk push pencil jobs when I was. <sighs> the point of this boring uh, dissertation is that. Um, <laughs> there's a lot more that goes into a three hour singing gig of you know expelling energy than you think it does for sure for sure and like that i mean that's a huge thing like people think that just being a musician is like oh you got you get to go play music oh wham 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 but it's like there's a lot to it there's a lot of uh, like putting energy out there like that and especially like i don't know if this still does it for you does it to you but like have you ever been playing to a room that's not necessarily paying attention or involved or like do you feel like the energy gets kind of sucked out of you in those kind of situations where people are like talking over it and and like i realize sometimes we're hired to just be background noise but uh like shows where like maybe you're being showcased where like i i don't know do you know have you ever been in that situation where you (laughs) No. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. much more than you can ever imagine. Right. Where you're playing to a dead room or or people who just don't give a fuck. Like it, it, we call it the tidal wave of indifference. <laughs> <laughs> just coming and golfs you, sweeps you away. To you can bleed your eyeballs out during the song. Like, Man, this is really good. And then you get done, and there's the crickets are even yeah. bored with you. They're you not know, even not. Clapping. But it's <clears throat> you have you can't let it affect you, yeah. and you do, but you can't show it hopefully and then you get over it right away you, you get your most people around here this is a weird weird phenomenon in this area you get done in, with a set well you won't hear anything you'll just be playing and you're done with the song and it's okay people are just yeah. continuing talking it's not a show no. you're not you know it's not a show that people are coming to see there you're are you're entertaining to be hired for that situation there so anyway people what they'll do this phenomena and it's a shared experience amongst my friends. 
uh, you'll get done with the set and people walk by like, hey man, that was really good and they'll hand you a five dollar bill. Like, yeah. oh, that was a good set. I liked what you did there. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, <clears throat> I was just killing you in my head. Yeah. I was crushing your head from back here, you know. And so yeah, it's really frustrating. It sucks the fucking soul out of you. But, you know, you can cry about it and pout or learn how to just move on with it and yeah. and do your job. Now, if you're at a show, if I'm playing an original show where it's just, you know, I'm hired to do a 35-minute set, mm. I want people to pay attention. Right. And you can't control it all the time. But people that are going to pay attention are there to see you sing mm. other people. They can do what they need to do. But for the most part, you're trying to reach those people that are listening. Right. That's what, there's word that, that's everything to me. That is what I want every night. Right. Yeah, totally, you know? man. Totally, like, especially when you can, like, get a, a, a singing, like a, like, a loud, chatty bar, and all of a sudden, like, it's just goes silent, and it's just like, you just quiet a bar to a point where, where they have, you have their attention, like, you, you, you won their attention, or like, you know, like, or yeah. whatever you're doing, you captured them, like, some kind of hip. There's thing. moments, and, and then you go, oh, okay, okay, then that gets yeah. you through it, you know, and the moment you do do that, like, if you try to play over them, all they're gonna do is keep getting louder. Right, right. So sometimes you play yeah. real soft, and it goes the opposite. Then you're like, you, the, you pay attention to the silence, not because of a loud noise. Yeah. It doesn't get your attention. It's the silence that gets your attention. Yeah. Or I don't know. Yeah, and you know it also just for anybody who does deal with has to deal with that, and that's really a horrible thing for them to be playing to a room that doesn't care. The tidal wave of indifference. I love that, by the way. <laughs> um, Fuck you. Like, you could be working in an office where your soul's really getting sucked out of your life. Or, like... You can never get those hours back again. <laughs> you... you Like, right now, I, I I just went back to... I got a job at UPS, and it's... It's actually not horrible. I've worked in an office. I'm working at UPS, but my wrist is getting fucked up, and, like, I'm hurting myself. I listen to audiobooks all day, but... And, like, it's good exercise, and I don't mind that. So, I don't really mind the job. It's just that my body is taking a fucking beat. And I'm a 35-year-old man. I'm just sitting there like, this is fucking bullshit. And what really pisses me off is that I'm making less than half of what I made being a musician in California. It's crazy. So, so that's a... So, that's really hard blow but it's just it's just what's happening now and, and i'm new <coughs> i'm basically new to this scene so i have to work my way in because i mean like you have your people you know you have your network of dudes who you call like when you need a band and like and i'm not in that network and i'm not trying to like pry into that i'm just saying like you know coming onto a new scene is 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 a challenge all of its own and that's basically what i'm doing now so it's a i have i'm lucky enough in this area that i have i do have support however it I'm trying to reinvent myself now. Hmm. Like I've been through, I think I'm, I'm going to be 15 a few years hmm. and I've had all, I've had a, this part of life here. So now I'm figuring out what my next part is. I know when I found this with the big pieces I'm doing with the painting hmm. that is turning me on right now. Nice. So I think that that is the route I'm going to take for the rest of this ride. I really want to do that. And the, the robots that I'm designing every day, that's all part of it too. <laughs> I love the robots. But, um, trying to figure out what that ride is with music right now what kind of i have a lot of things i've been thinking out with bands is full rock and roll proper band you know what what is what am i trying to do yeah. and so um that's what i'm it's been in my mind 24 7 it's been hard on my mind hmm. um 
not so, hard in a bad way, but it was a bad way for a minute. I was kind of dark after I put this album out. Oh, Did, like postpartum like, kind of now? depression. Like, yeah, it's out. I just spent all this money and every single ounce of my energy on this for the past two years, and it's done now. So, what do I focus that energy on now? Wow. Do I go get drunk or do I <laughs> make a painting or you know go on a hike? I don't know. Yeah. But now I'm trying to figure out. I don't want to be in the bars six nights a week and or three nights a week. I want to, you know. It, it's just not conducive to health anymore. Hmm. So I want to do things smarter. Uh, I don't want to hurt my wrists every day at UPS. I don't want to do that anymore. Um, so, but I want people to hear my music. I think it. I think there's enough there that I'm proud of it, and I think it deserves to be heard on a bigger scale. So I have to figure out how to do that. Hmm. Right on. And so, like with your painting and stuff. You, you really want to just focus on doing more just visual arts and kind of like... Well, I mean, it's always been visual art on that side, mm. but I have a focus now. I Before, I did stuff like that painting over there. That was about as big as I used to work, mm. and it's highly detailed and everything, and I enjoy doing things small, but... Um, but I've done it. And then after that's done, then you have to get them scanned. Then I have to go get a frame for it, or I get these frames up here that I rehab. Then you have to go get glass for it. So there's a after you're done with the painting, then you have to, yeah. in order to sell it or anything, and then you end up having these hoarded frames, framed beautiful pieces of art that are just around. These big-ass pieces, I waste less details on it, and I get to go um, take it off the wall when I'm done with it, after it gets photographed, and then put it in somebody's house, hopefully. Sweet. So there's not all the post shit that you have to deal with, you know, glass frames and all that. So... There's a lot of things that it's freeing in my mind, not just uh, a different style, but it's also a different. Uh, I, I look forward to this process now. That's cool, and it's cool that you have um, other outlets because I couldn't just see doing one thing. Like that almost seems like a factory job of its own, you know, just doing one thing over and over and whatever. I mean, it's great it, to be able to play music or whatever, but then to be able to. <laughs> refocus and like see in other directions uh, other opportunities i think i think that's huge for yeah. any kind of artist in any you had to keep evolving and keep moving and keep yourself happy and quite frankly i felt stagnant i felt like the last like an autopilot almost you know and it, just done with it i'm done feeling that way so it's not like i'm gonna you know instantly be it's black and white changes but it's just mentalities and uh I don't know. I'm trying to figure it out, man. I'll let you know. That's perfect. Let's end it on that. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff Stewart's trying to figure it out, baby. Yeah, Mike. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thank you for doing it, man. I just think he is such a just a, a sweet individual, just a very nice, kind-hearted person who's just trying to express himself through art and music and life. Um, thank you, Jeff, for doing the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you for your honesty and your openness. And like I said at the beginning, we are going to listen to some songs off of his last album, the cold and the beautiful which is available now go to the little link in the web in the in the show notes and and get it off bandcamp or itunes wherever you get your music or stream it on uh spotify that's what i'm doing i streamed it on spotify 
He also gave me a CD, which I really appreciate. And I was jamming it in my car because, well, that's the only CD player I have is in my car. So I was jamming it out in my car. Um, so we're going to listen to a few songs here, and we're just going to play those songs out. And um, so we mentioned the song that I was talking about in the conversation when Jeff was like, ah, I can't do this. Um, it's Leave Me to Die with a Knife in My Heart, which is a very, um, <laughs> which is an awesome title for a song. I just love that title. Uh, and then we're going to listen to Tonight I Got You. And then we're going to end it with A Little Heart Go, which I really like that country twang guitar in that song. So we're going to listen to three songs back to back to back, and that will play us to the end of the show. So take care of your fellow human beings. HJ's for everybody. Jeff, thank you again, and I will see you next time. And life is felt strange I think do I know who I am Bring me a sign dear Hold me some wine It's good to be back with the tan Oh and tell me Of the pain in your heart Kiss me One more time for we part I'll take me I'm good for it, honey We'll break like we're out on the land Come with me, who knows what we'll see I'm never much good at set plans Oh, and tell me of the pain in your heart Kiss me one more time for we part I'll take me
Coming on 